everyone wants more money, but most of us weren't taught how to create an abundant life. That's where the More Money Show comes in. If you're ready to have more money, create more freedom and experience more fun, turn the volume up. It's time to learn how to create the prosperity and life you have been dreaming of. Here's your host, Cassie Parks. Welcome. I'm here with Maggie McReynolds, who during her first go-around in Manifest 10K manifested more than $20,000, more time, more freedom, and has just continued to grow and expand and uh, has a new book coming out uh, May 18th, um, which we will talk about. It's called Unsettling. It's so good. If you know a divorced mom who is worried about what they're modeling for their kids and what their kids are going through, this is the book you want to get for them as a gift. So welcome, Maggie. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, Cassie. Yeah, I'm always so excited to talk to you. Um, Maggie had to do a lot of first. So if you don't know, uh, when you do manifest over $10,000, you get to do a $10,000 photo shoot. And Maggie was the first person who got to do that. It was sort of like, oh, this is a thing I'm doing and she's close. So let's do this. <laughs> uh, and so fun. And since then, some other people have got to do it. But it's just one of those experiences that makes this process more fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So tell us sort of your money or money manifesting. Like, where were you before you started Manifest 10K? I was having a super okay life, um, like okay, maybe even okay plus. I was very much wrapped up in the story that I always had enough money. I always had enough. And I really wasn't quite seeing yet how that was keeping me plateaued. And it was keeping me sort of zeroing out at the end of every month. So never really in big financial trouble, but always a screaming nail biter right down to the 30th or the 31st. And, you know, if some big expense came up, I could be pretty sure I'd find the money for it. But conversely, if I came up into some extra money, some big expense would come up. So everything always just balanced out. Wasn't a tragic place to be, but it was not calm and it wasn't abundant. So I was also working in a job that was okay. Wasn't my, my life purpose. Mostly paid the bills, not totally. Um, so I was just sort of in a place of okayness and really convinced that there was better than okay out there for me. And that's why I signed up to work with you, Cassie. And I can remember having a conversation with you in which you said, why can't there be more than enough? And it being just like, <laughs> me, like I'd never even considered, yo, wow, I could, is that okay? You know, is that against the rules? Um, so I started, I started really focusing on, I have more than enough. And I wasn't really very specific with the universe or with myself about what that meant. Mm -hmm. More than enough. And as a result, and as a result of going through the Manifest 10K program, abundance turned up for me in a bunch of unexpected ways, ways I probably wouldn't have envisioned if I'd gotten all wrapped up in trying to figure out how it was going to happen. Mm -hmm. so I ended up getting a completely different job that paid $20,000 more a year. And, you know, for those people who think abundance is going to come in the form of a lottery check or finding, you know, money on the street or, you know, a dead relative suddenly, you know, services and you're in the will. Uh, it 
it can come in any way. And once you open yourself up to, I'm just going to let the, worry, the universe worry about that, you free up so many other different, different avenues. And I think that's what happened for me. Oh, absolutely. I love that you highlighted that. Um, and I, cause I always get asked that all the time. Well, how if someone, um, if they have a job, how would they manifest more money? Right. Or, you know, oh, they, right. Because right. thinking about the how, mm -hmm. how could that work? Maybe that can't work. It's not like my boss is going to give me a raise. And to which I say, you don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know. So, yeah. you know, stay open. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, I love that. And I love this opening because I would say that's your new more money story. There's more than enough, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So what open, I mean, $20,000 is, that's huge. That's a big change in job. And it, but it wasn't just, it didn't just come with money. It came with more time and more freedom, right? Oh, absolutely. So the new gig um, not only was much more suited to my purpose, my passions, my interests, my um, skill set, but it was a much more uh, flexible work from home job that meant I really could design my own day as I wanted. And if I wanted to cram eight hours of work into four hours, that was actually fairly easy to do most days. I could work from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Or I could work from 7 a.m. to 11 a.m. or pretty much whatever I wanted, as long as I met my deadlines. And that was a humongous area of freedom for me. So I didn't just get more than enough money, I got more than enough time too. Yeah, and that was I love that. Cause I, I have long said like, our money story plays out everywhere in our life, not just in how much money is in your life, but everything else, including time and freedom and absolutely experiences. Oh, I love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So exciting. Um, what would you say that was the biggest, was the opening up to what if there was more than enough? Was that the biggest thing that opened during the course or was there another moment where you were like, this is something big? The, the big thing for me, and I think this is something that I sort of knew in the back of my head, but that wasn't at the forefront of the, my consciousness for me, was your concept of acting from your future self. So something as, well, I'm going to say it's simple, except it was a huge game changer for me. Something like, my future self isn't worried about debt, because she doesn't actually have any. Now, that particular Maggie, she had some debt, but she wasn't going to worry about it because her future self wasn't worried about it either. So I just put my credit card on auto pay and let it do its thing. And not only was I not worried about debt, but I, you know, made significant inroads in decreasing it. So uh, thinking like my future self doesn't live in a tiny little townhouse, my future self doesn't um, drive around on bald tires. My future self doesn't go to beauty schools and pay the bare minimum for a haircut. You know, just yeah. all kinds of things that, you know, my future self thinks it's absolutely great to drink a bottle of champagne with dinner on a Wednesday night. You know, I mean, yes. <laughs> whatever, whatever, whatever it was. You know? Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I love this. And so what did you feel or think about debt before you realized how your future self would think about it? Um, shame. Mm. Shame, guilt, um, imposter syndrome. You know, if people knew how much in debt I was, they wouldn't think I was so successful. 
what, what not worrying about it freed up for me was not only that I had the capability and the universe would help me take care of it, but that any debt is an investment in myself. That's money I borrowed from somebody else or someplace else in order to build a life. Mm -hmm. And I could start seeing it as an investment with returns, not just, wow, I'm really bad at handling money and I just, whoops, did this stupid thing, which is sort of how I've been thinking of it, that yeah. I screwed up. I love that you shared that because I don't think you're the only person. I know you're not the only person. I actually have those same feelings, right? Right. Um, at one point in my life. But when you're able to tell the different story that it was an investment and you expect an ROI, things start shifting. Right. It's all about the expectation, yes. right? You might not see that ROI if you're not deciding to look for it and expect yes. it. Absolutely. Yeah. And I love like, in a way, I don't know if this was actually tied to it, but the way you told your story, it felt like it, it was like you could free up to see, to think more about your future self because there was, there's probably a lot of time that wasn't allocated to worry anymore. Oh yeah. Huge. Yeah. And you know, and what could, I had all this time to figure out something joyful to do something that my future self would do, uh, you know, go out to lunch with a friend or work out or meditate or shop for a new townhouse or, uh, you know, write a book. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. So much good stuff here. Yeah. So all of those things, that's what happens when we let go of all that worry. There's that we can fill it with joy. Um, and so some of those things you, um, you listed, they might have, like, they might cost money. And some people are like, well, I can't act like my future self because it costs money. Like, did you find when you made those choices that money just was there? How did it work for you? Yes. And before I even made choices, like I went through a period of what I would call play. Uh -huh. um, and you write about this in your books and you yeah. talk about it in your programs. Uh, what kind of travel would my future self be going on? So I'd go on TripAdvisor, or I'd go on Expedia, or I'd go on Southwest or wherever, and I'd save trips. I wouldn't actually purchase the ticket, but I'd plan the whole itinerary, and I'd, I'd, I'd cost out the tickets, and I'd save it as a future trip. Or I'd go on Amazon, and I'd put together a wish list, or I'd even put things in a shopping cart. I might not final, pull the final trigger on the purchase. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's what my future self would buy. I started um, hanging out in neighborhoods that I thought my future self would like. My son and I started, um, this was a tip from you, and I, my son and I both thank you. We started going to the restaurants we really wanted to be frequenting and just making sure we knew when happy hour was. And I'd, you know, I'd, I'd grab a happy hour glass of wine and he'd grab a root beer and we'd split a couple of happy hour priced appetizers and we got to live like, you know, we were living as if. Yeah. You know, I love that. So there's all kinds of great ways to play test driving the car that your future self drives or, you know, whatever it is. Um, I started uh, having people over to dinner because my future self, I thought, entertains a lot. Mm -hmm. At first, I couldn't afford to cook for everybody else. So I just threw potlucks and everybody was fine with that. And it got me into the energy and the mindset of my future self. So yeah. it was, um, I think it's important to have a spirit of play 
with it. Mm -hmm. If you bring a, I'm working on this energy, you kind of cut yourself off at the knees a little bit. Yeah, for so sure. I just, I just stayed open to it being fun. I love it. Yeah. yeah. So good. So as a, you know, you've written, tell us a little bit about your book. Cause I want to ask a question about, cause in your book, you talk about how this applies to moms and about creating a different experience with their kids. So I think it's a good time. Tell us about your book. And, and then I want to talk about this concept and how you talk about it in your book. Absolutely. So the book is called Unsettling, Un-Settling. And the, the subtitle is How to Help Your Kids by Making and Modeling an Amazing Life After Divorce. And what I realized is that for me, for so many of my clients, for so many divorced moms I know, the very act of choosing divorce is an act of choosing to stop settling. Mm -hmm. Even if the divorce wasn't initially your idea, you reach a point where you're going to go, okay, this life is no longer acceptable or it's no longer working or it's no longer enough. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to settle for it anymore. And I'm not going to make my kids settle for it either. So it's a big, brave leap ending a marriage. It really is. Yeah, and absolutely. But it, for moms especially, I think it's scary for everybody, but for moms especially, we get caught up in kind of a cycle of guilt of, oh, I shouldn't have done that to my kids, you know, that we perpetrated something on them. And that fear that we might have ruined them, that we might have diminished their childhood, that we might have taken away some measure of their happiness can disconnect us from that brave, unsettling person we became in order to end the marriage in the first place. And so suddenly we're scuttling back to safety, what we perceive to be safety, to living small, to settling, to feeling that it's okay and even our obligation to lie awake at night tossing and turning and worrying over our kids. When there's no amount of worry in the world that's going to make everything okay, the best energy for us, for our kids, is to step into that unsettling woman we had to become to divorce in the first place and say, well, I wasn't gonna settle for that for my kids, so why in the world would I start settling for less than now that we're on the other side of it? Mm -hmm. So the book's really about reclaiming that energy and showing your kids, they're looking to you to see if everything's gonna be okay. They did when they were babies and they fell down and they still are. Is everything gonna be okay? They're watching their moms to find out. And it's really rich opportunity for moms and kids to help each other and to step at, at, into that energy of, yeah, we're going to be better than okay. This is going to be awesome because we get to make that choice. So uh, that's what the book's about. I love that. And you talk about specifically about going to have appetizers and, and doing with that with your kid. And I just was like, mm -hmm. that's, I mean, I, everything in the book is amazing, but I was like, in terms of experience with your kid, I was like, how much more awesome is sitting in a restaurant where you want to be frequently dreaming, whether you're speaking it out loud or not, mm -hmm. and sitting at home, just maybe putting something on the table, worrying. Absolutely. And when you think about it, kids are naturals at this. Oh, so good. When they're little, their sense of play, and I talked about a sense of play with, mm -hmm. with acting as if, right? And acting from your future self. They already are really good at this. They don't have any problem with imagining that they're 
astronauts or that they're space explorers or that they're pirates or whatever it is. They don't have any filters going, you can't be that. Right. Well, how would that work? My son used to say that he was going to be a teacher, policeman, archaeologist, gym master when he was little. And there was no part of him that went, well, that's not going to work. How would that happen? Right. You know? Yeah. And yet when we become adults, we start putting on those filters and those and throwing those obstacles in front of ourselves all the time. Mm -hmm. I want to become a French baker in on the left bank of Paris. But you know, how really is that going to work? That can't work. That's crazy. Right. A kid would know. No, it's not. So yeah. I think I think we moms can learn tons from our kids. They they can be our compatriots and our our models in this. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. so getting our kids on board in this effort of acting from future future self is actually really powerful. Yeah. Oh, I love it. So cool. Um, so you, um, I want to talk a little bit, because you did the program and then you came to Manifest 10K Live. Mm -hmm. And so having gone through the program, what, what made the decision to come to Manifest 10K Live? Well, I know enough from energy work, from meditating, from, I, I, I'm a Reiki um, mm -hmm. a practitioner, that energy is always magnified when you gather like-minded people in one physical space. So mm -hmm. I just knew it would be delicious and that I wanted to be part of that group energy. And, and well, you know, because you were there and yeah. leaning at Cassie. I mean, the room was just amazing. And enough that I think many of us on the breaks were just kind of like, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, I, it, was, it was a really good kind of tired at the end of each day because not because we were sweating, and not because it was challenging, but because there was such a high level of energy in the room and it was very, very cool to feel. So I absolutely knew that doing it live was going to take me up at least one more level and probably more. And well, you've, you've seen all that's happened since I saw you in January. <laughs> say it worked. Yes, for sure. So we're definitely going to talk about all of that. I want to talk about one particular story, which was I loved because it's the power of your future self. And it's interesting. I was reading um, the, the sheet that I had you, the questionnaire I had you fill out before your uh, $10,000 photo shoot mm -hmm. and story. And it was like, I'll double my income by 2017. And, or by August, you know, that was on the list of what are you manifesting next? And I remember you walked in, I think it was the second morning and you said, I did my job in half the time last night because I showed up as my future self. Mm -hmm. And so would you talk a little bit more about that? Just because I love that. Mm, absolutely. So again, I think that when people think about manifesting and especially about manifesting money or abundance mm -hmm. any, in any way, you know, they, they see it as having to go one specific way. And yes, I could have doubled my income by literally having, having my boss go, Hey, I'm going to suddenly pay you twice as much. Right. <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> I mean, I, I was happen. open to it. Again. Yeah. But how much more likely really I did the same thing by doing twice the work in half the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, that frees up the rest of my day, if not to get that much more money again from my existing contract with, with this one major client who I work for, but to work with other people, to take on other projects, to 
write and launch a book, to, you know, play in so many other ways in the universe. It created opportunity. So yeah, I did double my income. It just, like everything else, didn't look like what I thought it would. Yeah, absolutely. And in, you know, 24 hours, acting as if your future self. Exactly. I think is super powerful too, is that, yeah. And, you know, how much easier is the book? How much easier is the, well, let's talk about this. So let's talk about everything awesome that's happened since January and attending Manifest 10K Live and Okay, so so at the time that we were in Manifest 10K Live, I had just signed a contract to write this book mm-hmm. and didn't know much else about what was going to be going on in my life. Um, I found myself on Craigslist looking for townhouses, and it didn't make any sense to me because I was living in this place that was small but cute. My son only has another year of high school, and I was thinking, well, that would be a, nor- a natural time to move. Right. And when I first rented this place, my landlord had been like, well, you can definitely stay here until your son has graduated from high school. That would be, that would be nice for him. So I, f- I manifested. I found this amazing home. And I, I went to see it. I, I went to see it thinking, this makes no sense, so I'm going to see what's wrong with it. I'm just going to go see what's wrong with Uh it. Obviously, I'm not meant to have it because it makes no sense. Right. I went to see it. It was even more fabulous than it looked like in the photos. I loved the landlord. Everything about it was amazing and perfect. And I'm like, that can't be right. So I brought friends, you know, because I figured they'll tell me what's wrong. They'll tell me this can't happen. Right. And they're like, if you don't rent this place, we will. (laughs) huh okay i'm gonna call my my landlord of the Mm -hmm. little small place and she's gonna tell me that she's not gonna raise the rent and you know she's gonna underscore for me that this is a silly thing and instead i call her and she says oh i'm so glad you called because i'm not gonna renew your lease i'm moving back in and i'm like oh that's why i manifested that new place (laughs) i know (laughs) yes so, and I was able to say, awesome, can I get out early, like in three weeks? And she was like, sure. <laughs> so all of a sudden, quick like a bunny, I had this amazing new home. And right on the heels of that, my partner, my boyfriend, was inspired by that and decided to sell his house and move a mile away. <laughs> so that all happened in like right. one week. <laughs> and let's be clear, that's now like, what, five minutes away instead of an hour and a half? Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, we're, it's like, well, let's go join the Y together and let's get on a family phone plan together. And Hey, I've got this furniture you could use. Well, really? I've got this furniture you could use. And honestly, it's gotten to the point in my family, my small family, that we're a little bit like, careful where you point that thing. Cause we're all manifesting like crazy. (laughs) (laughs) That's you know? awesome. Like, yes. Just be careful what you articulate here. Make sure you really want it because apparently it's going to be here in like two seconds. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I love it because that's so, that's so big. And that house is not just, I mean, that house has the kitchen that you always wanted it, right? It has your future self kitchen. It absolutely right? does. The previous owners had put in, had done an entire dream kitchen renovation. 
there's, you know, like a two-sided fireplace between the family room and the dining room. There's, and it's a big, open, huge entertaining space. Remember when I said I wanted to entertain? Yes. Only I didn't have the money and I also didn't have the room. I didn't even have a dining room to use in my last place. I'm going to have, you know, some hundred people over in June. <laughs> <laughs> To celebrate my book and to celebrate yeah. the house and just to celebrate life. So um, yeah, it's it's got out the front, it's got fabulous mountain views to the west and out the back, it's got fabulous uh, views of the sunrise to the east. I'm up way up high on a hill so I can see just forever. And uh, it's a it's an amazing place. My ex-husband came over to see it last week and we, I'm, we're blessed to have a really good relationship and that's, eh, it's part luck, but it's part really setting the intention on both of our parts. And he said, and you'll love this, Cassie. He said, you live in a palace. <laughs> I do love and that. And I said, well, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, it's not just a home. It's, it's special. And yes. everybody who sees it agrees with me. Not because, not in a wow, it's the richest place anybody's ever seen, but it's a really, really super great fit for me and my kid. Yes, right. And it's super great because it's um, expansive in so many ways. Like oh my really yes, I have walls of windows everywhere, so it's just full of sunlight, full of really good energy, and even my dog is happier. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So new place, new book, new. And why do you think all of this? I mean, we were just talking before we actually hit the record button about how much your life has changed in a year. Mm -hmm. why, why do you think that is? What do you think is the magic there? I decided that it could. Um, really, it's, yeah. a, it's a decision. Uh, you know, I, I, I got out of my own way. I got out of the universe's way and asked myself, I think I said this to you before we, before we started recording, I, my new favorite question is what else is possible? Yeah. So I'm super grateful for what I've got. I don't take anything for granted or think, you know, that, uh, you know, but, but with everything that happens, my reaction is always, that is so cool. What else is possible? <laughs> being greedy. It's honestly, somebody asked me about my money metaphor the other day. Yeah. They said, you know, when you think about money, and I've played with this with clients too, and I've had clients tell me terrible things like money is a sieve or money is like a ring of fire. You know, it's just these awful, <laughs> scary things. And I, I spoke from my heart and I said, money is a game. Life is a game. Yeah. And I think I finally stepped up to play. Truly. Yes. Oh, I love that. And I think it's all like that question when you said, uh, you know, like what else is possible? Like that's your question. That's all tied into that. What if there was more than enough? Right. Right. Because you can't ask yourself when your story is, I always have just enough. Like you can't say what else is possible because there's, Right. So many reasons why you just can't ask if you just have enough. I had written in my book that um, sometimes it's really hard for people to, uh, depending on their, their upbringing and their values and their lifestyle and their peers, it's hard for them to totally get into the idea of manifestation. Mm -hmm. And I'll say, well, okay, but 
if I were to say, what would it be like if you walked around operating from a thought, my life is so overwhelming? What, what do you think, what kind of experiences do you think that would attract? And they're perfect, almost everybody's perfectly willing to say, oh, I can see how that would be pretty bad. You'd have a pretty bad day if that's yeah. how you thought. I'm like, well, if you're willing to believe that, that just thinking the thought, my life is so overwhelming, can like throw obstacles up and like mess up your day. Why is it such a leap to thinking the thought, my life is amazing, would open up other kinds of experiences? You know, we're, we're, we're afraid to believe, I think. We're afraid to, to hope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is why I'm so glad that, you know, I wanted to have you on. That's exactly why I do these interviews is so that we can, so that other people can get that belief that it's okay to hope. And you talk about that in creating an evidence log, right? Yeah. We don't need to be jealous or envious about the successes of others because it's just proof that it's possible for us too. Yes, absolutely. Um, So let's talk about moms and unsettling. Um, You told us a little bit about the book. Who is it? I mean, I think everybody can benefit from reading it. Obviously, I'm not a divorced mom, and I loved it. Um, but who who did you write it for? Like, who is it the love letter to? I wrote it for um, a, divor- a recently divorced mom, probably of tweens, I'd say. She's probably got young, young preteens. Um, so they're young enough that uh, they're still plugged into the family, they're not so young that it's all going to pass over them in a blur. Yeah. My parents divorced when I was two, and I, I don't even have any memory of them ever having lived together. So I was so young that it was not without its impact on me for sure. Uh-huh. But I wasn't really part of the experience, um, except, you know, tangentially. Right. So this, my reader is uh, aware that her kids are watching and listening and affected. Mm-hmm. And the gift I want to give her is that her fear, her anxiety, while completely normal and completely understandable, is, isn't helping. It's not helping her. It's, it's not going to help her kids. Mm-hmm. She can't feel guilty enough to atone. There's no way to feel guilty and shamey and anxi- anxious enough to make it up to them, mm-hmm. assuming there really is anything to make up to them and be, to begin with. You, it's just like you can't have a great day leading with the thought, my life is overwhelming. Yes. Can't be a great parent and a great role model leading from fear and anxiety and guilt. Yes. So that's a huge thing I learned from you, Cassie, that I think a lot of us wait for the things to come and then we expect the feeling to come from having the things. Mm-hmm. We don't really understand that the feelings have to come first. That's the only way the things are going to come. Yes. You know, you can't yuck your, you can't yuck your way to amazingness. Yes. And, <laughs> yes. <you know? laughs> yeah. And, and I loved how clear you made that in your book for moms. Like yeah. you can't guilt, you know, guilt yourself in, or shame yourself into your kids having an amazing life. No, it's like if, if you if you've been beating yourself up, I promise that beating yourself yourself up harder just isn't going to leverage what you want. Right, your kids are, your kids are not going to be so grateful that you were so hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Doesn't help them even a little. Yeah, and it doesn't help. It doesn't help the moms either. Yeah. You know? So I really, really want people to 
um, to engage. I want, want moms to engage with their kids and to engage that sense of play and that sense of as a family, what does our new normal look like? What does our future look like together now? Yes. How do we want it to look? What can we take, can we do right now to get to some of those feeling states? You know, how can yeah. we, what, what restaurants do we want to go have appetizers at? Right? Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it because it's including in the experience and it's really Absolutely. modeling that you're teaching moms how to model that we can, we can make a choice and we can, and I think that's the biggest thing that we can give our kids. You know, I talk a lot about how your money story starts as a kid. Like mm -hmm. what you're doing is you're giving moms the tools to say like, this is how I want you to create your story. I'm going to open up the pages and you get to write the story you want to be true. It's so interesting that you say that, Cassie, because I'm realizing that we always just have enough. Mm -hmm. I'm flashing into my childhood. My stepfather was an accountant and I can yeah. remember that he had envelopes in his dresser and each one was marked for each different monthly expense and he would put cash into each envelope. There was always just enough. Mm. There was never any extra, but there was always just, just enough. Because he was careful, he was meticulous. Yeah. You know, and, and, and there's a way in which that's really positive. I mean, okay, we weren't like in deep, deep trouble, but there's a cap on that. Yeah. There's always going to be just enough, and it's always going to be a little bit of a squeaker. Yes, right? <laughs> oh, that's so... so that story is very much rooted in my childhood, for sure. Mm -hmm. oh, I love it, and I love now that your son gets to enjoy and, and carry on the story, there's more than enough. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Cool. Tell everybody um, your site so that they can go check you out. They can find, you can find Unsettling on Amazon, but where can they connect with you if they are ready? My, my website is IamUnsettling.com. IamUnsettling.com. And uh, you can uh, take a quiz to find out exactly how unsettling you are or aren't <laughs> and uh, get some tips on how to shift that for yourself. The um, book is uh, out May 18th, which may be before or after this recording. And um, I just love to hear from everybody who, who reads it and finds it makes a difference for them. Yes, go get it. Unsettling at Amazon. Thank you, Maggie, for being here. Uh, it's always so fun to talk to you. Thank you, Cassie. <laughs> talk soon. Yep. Thanks for joining us on The More Money Show. To learn how to attract more money into your life, go to your favorite book retailer and order Cassie's book, Manifest $10,000.